you keep hearing the term NFT and you keep wondering, what is this cutting edge information? Yeah, what is an NFT? And what do you do with it? And how is it used? Well, today on the Waste Up Wardrobe Show, my guest is going to break it down to easy, digestible um, nuggets so that you can get a better understanding of what an NFT is, how it's used, and why it might apply to you in the future. But you know the drill. If you want to find out more, you're going to have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Vartanian, a civil engineer and attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Virtual Nation. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. And today, I have a very unique show for you. I am going to be discussing with my super smart guest who is in this digital world what an NFT is. You know, I've been hearing about it all over the place, as as I am sure you have been too. And it seems a little nebulous, and it's like, well, what is that? And how does that all work? And why are people so into this? Well, this is cutting edge information. And even though it might be hard to grasp, everybody should dip their toe a little bit and be just kind of get a top level understanding of what an NFT is. Otherwise, you're going to feel like, oh, you're sitting in the middle of a conversation like this and you don't know what's going on. So today we're going to unpack all that. But before we get started, I just want to thank my super awesome producer, Rick Moscoso, who's always in the production room. There he is peeking out his head, who makes this whole production work and make making it amazing and really work seamlessly. So thank you for being part of the show, Rick. And I want to say thank you to you, the viewer, who's always here listening to our show, listening to the replay, giving us comments and letting us know how we're doing. Um, You know we're on iTunes, so you can rate us and review us there. And you can listen to us on audio if you can't catch us um, live or visually. But we are on all these platforms. So Catch us somewhere because we bring to you everything that goes into this new virtual world, whether it's about how to show up on camera, um, looking great with your image, but also everything that's really kind of developed since we've all gone virtual in one way or the other. Um, So I want to just get started by talking and bragging a little bit about my guest. And my guest today is Jordas Johnson, who is an international speaker. He's a digital growth strategist and a business consultant who specializes in helping heart-centered entrepreneurs scale their visibility, impact, and wealth. He marries the human relationship technology and business principles that create and creates strategies and blueprints for entrepreneurs to execute. So he's an amazing support to his, um, his entrepreneurs who he 
helps and serves. And through this digital, his amazing handle of the digital world and just entrepreneur, entrepreneurship um, strategies and principles. So help me welcome Jordash Johnson to the show. How are you, Jordash? I love your energy. Um, since the day we met, um, you know, Molly's group, I was like, oh, I have to have Jordash on the Waste Up Wardrobe show because the energy you bring and just the knowledge. So thank you for being here today. Hey, I appreciate it, Christine. So honored to be here and speaking to your audience. So looking forward to the chat. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun one, I think. I think so. I think it's something that we're going to talk today. What we're talking about is something everybody wants to know about, but it's a little bit intimidated by. So right. I think that this will be sort of because we're breaking it down into easy, digestible, consumable steps. I think it's a really good sort of teaser to, to anybody who wants to start learning about NFTs and also gain a, a, a better knowledge of it. So I just want to get started because I do this every time with my guests. Okay. To get to know you on a personal level a little bit more, okay? okay? So I'm gonna throw out this or that questions and just like give me your first response, okay? All right, I love these. Let's go. Okay, cats or dogs? Dogs, no doubt about it. Do you have one? I have two now. Most we've ever had was three. Now they all my my wife's the dog whisperer, so sometimes they just show up on our front step. Oh. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Okay, so let me ask you something else: jeans or khakis? I'm named after jeans, so I gotta choose jeans. <laughs> I know when I first met you, I'm like Jordash. Wow, I don't think I've ever known somebody named after my favorite pair of the '80s jeans, right? Right, right. '80s baby, the mother of love, and gotta give a shout out to my mom for that one. So, <laughs> absolutely, shout out to all the moms out there. Yes. Um, okay, traveling or staycations? Traveling all day long. Love new, seeing new cultures. Love trying new foods. Love trying new experiences. Where's the last place you went to? Um, where did I just come back from? I mean, I was in, I was in Vegas so we can have to go at an event, but, um, like vacation wise, it was probably like, I guess the, it was pretty, pretty, pretty the big word, um, the C word. It was probably did, uh, me and my wife did a two week trip in Italy and up Northern Italy and did a lot of hiking in Cinque Tierra and all that good stuff. So, wow. um, yeah, but we're going to go, we have a Costa Rica trip. That'll be my son's first international trip, getting his passport here in about a month. So we're trying to give him early exposure to new cultures and new experiences as well. So awesome. And how old is he? He just turned 14 months. He's a, he, we call him a gremlin. He's all cute and fluffy during the day and he's still a monster at night. So we love him. <laughs> oh, he'll be a great travel buddy. Yeah. He actually <laughs> travels pretty well, to be honest with you. He makes friends with people on the airplane. He just stares at them until they look at him and he waves. Of course, of course. He has a personality like his dad. <laughs> probably, probably a little bit in there. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so let's get started because I really want to show everybody, like give them a, because I remember when I first heard you talk about NFTs um, at an event that we were both at, I thought, gosh, you know, I think we all need to know a little bit about this, um, even though it seems intimidating and really most people don't have a big understanding of what an NFT is. And we're kind of past that, the, the point of defining or like talking about what it stands for, because we all know that it stands for non-fungible token. Right. But what, in plain English, can right. you explain to the audience what an NFT is? Just Great, okay. great, great question. And you know what, before I actually even get to there, let me, we're going to talk about some buzzwords today, okay? We're going to define some of these buzzwords that you keep hearing around a little bit. Um, but before I even jump to that, I just want to encourage you, if you are listening to this and you're watching this, Stick with us. If you don't even, if this thing's you're like, Jordash, I don't even know what you're talking about. Jordash, this doesn't make any sense to me. 
the key to learning this, because this is this technology is not going away. The key is just putting yourself in the room and just listening and putting yourself approximately to eventually at some point it's going to click. But you have to kind of take those first initial steps, which it might be on Christine's show today. So before I jump in the EMT, let's talk about this concept of Web3. OK, so we're, we're transitioning our world into this Web3.0, which you might be hearing a lot about now. It's a buzzword. Um, a lot of marketers are using it because it's a cool kid on the block now. But before we talk about Web3, let's talk about one and two. So like Web1 was the original Internet. That is when we, if you remember, that was just where we could read um, pages that are static web pages. We just the only thing we could do was log on with our dialogue doo, 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 and then just read what's on the page. Then Web2 came around. That's when we as users could read and we could write, meaning we could do user generated content. We could do social content. We could do podcasting, blogging, all this stuff that we could actually interact and start having those connections online. That's what the space we're still kind of in right now. That's when, you know, 2004 and Facebook and MySpace and all the other things started blowing up. And we've been in this for a while. The downside of Web2, though, if you can look now, it's just very centralized meaning Google owns a big chunk of the internet. Facebook owns, or Meta owns Facebook and Instagram, two of the most popular um, social apps, things like that. But all that is, we are all the, basically the, the product of that, meaning we get on these social platforms, we are the data, we are the ones generating revenue, ad revenue for those companies, we're not being compensated as the product of those businesses. And that's where Web3 starts coming into play because now Web3 is, there's gonna be a lot of, different technologies out there. But the, the big thing that I want you to take away about Web3 is it's going to be the environment where us as a consumer are now going to be able to own and control who profits from this one time, our, our time and our information, who actually controls this and who actually, there's never going to be a, a complete control because it's going to be decentralized to an extent, never fully decentralized, but to an extent. And when we talk about Web3, this is underneath this Web3 umbrella, there are pillars. And this is when we're talking about crypto, or NFTs, or the metaverse, or whatever other buzzword you're hearing out, all that wraps underneath this Web3 umbrella. So I just want to kind of paint that picture of we're just talking about one pillar of Web3 today, which is NFTs, but there's all these other things that are going to be working together to kind of create this new environment and experience that we're going to be able to have um, here in the future. Okay. I love that. I love, love, love what you just said. And just if I can just go back before you define NFT or get into yeah. that a little bit. So what's an example? And I'm just taking it very rudimentary, getting very granular here. Um, <clears throat> what Web one, what is an example of Web one? I know I'm going way back, but give me an example of what that looked like when it was first came out. Do you um do you remember Netscape like 1995 96 time frame? I I'll, I'll I'll put it like this. I remember my first experience of the internet was I used to go to my my aunt's house in Minneapolis at the time. Um and we'd go to her computer and we would log on to the internet. And this is when you used to pay by the minute if you remember that time frame. And I just remember I would one of the first web pages I can still remember. I I went to Coca-Cola's webpage. The only thing I could do on Coca-Cola's webpage was read what's up, what they put on there. Like I couldn't interact with it. I couldn't create my own content and upload my own content to it. I just could, whatever the, the owner of that website was, they put that out there and I would just read it. That was it. So like that, all that, that's all that was really happening at that time was there was a webpage had tables and text. And that was all that you could experience in the internet at that point in time. There was no e-commerce happening. There was nothing of that shape or form. It was just a read only environment. And that's what we, when we talk about it like that. 
And then when you, we get to Web 2, which is what we actually are really well versed in right now right. is, you know, we're talking about all the social media, the Instagram, the, um, you know, Google, and yeah. now e-commerce would fall under A hundred percent. Right? Okay. Yeah. It's all like you think about it. Every time you upload something to the, to the social platform, that's user, user generated content. You couldn't do that in Web 1. I couldn't take a picture and make a post and post it and then have friends or have a social network where we could have conversations and messenger or all the, like there was chat rooms, but there wasn't this connection in this, in, like in a one environment, like a Facebook or whatever like that, that was not happening in web two or web one, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so that's where web two came around. But the, 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 like I said, the downside is we don't own our data, right? Like you can get kicked off a platform and you're off that platform. We don't, we don't monetize our time. We don't get paid for our time that we spend on there or the time that we're creating content. There are some, you know, little bonuses here and there, but like the average person is not making money for the time they're scrolling through Facebook or they're interacting with posts or whatever it is now. But that's, that's the engine that churns that business because now they got engagements and they, they can put ads in front of them. And they, that's why Facebook made $28 billion in ad spend last year, right? Or the revenue from ad spend. So it's like, that's where we became the product, but us as consumers aren't being compensated and they own our data. They, they control all that. Now in web three, it switches around where it's like, we control the data. Yeah. We that's control. the difference, right? That is that's the, the added bonus here. Right. Of- we, we get compensated. We're not the product anymore. We actually get our hand as the creator in the economy where we can be compensated for our actions. We can be compensated for what we create. And there's not the middleman that can get their, his or her hand in the middle and start taking, you know, they're cut on those lines. And that's where the blockchain comes in play, which we'll define here in a little bit, all that good stuff. But that's, that's the cool thing about web three. Now, here's the thing. I will be honest with you. Anybody that tells you they're an expert in all this stuff, run, (laughs) run. We're all learning along the way. Like that, that's the thing is this. And if you, the more you hear about this, you're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I'm late. Oh my gosh. I got to hurt. Take a deep breath. We are (laughs) so early in this adoption curve. Like, just that's that's the whole goal I said in the beginning. Just start putting yourself in proximity of people talking about it, listening to those conversations on Twitter or Discord. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but just start learning and hearing people talk about things you have no idea about to get the goal is you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable at this stage. And that's just a, every piece of technology that's ever existed. We all go through this phase. And you remember the iPhone, like no one knew how to use the iPhone until now everybody has an iPhone. Like now it's just mass adoption. It's like, how, how did I live without the iPhone? or whatever technology you can talk about. That's We're going through that same technology adoption curve now with Web3 and the NFT space and things like that. Yeah. And so and if, um, the the Web3, you said, you know, is this big umbrella. You got the crypto, you got the NFTs, you got the metaverse underneath that umbrella. Um, let's get into understanding a little bit more deeply about the NFT and, and yeah. then you know, tell us what it means in plain English. Totally. I will tell you in the most simplistic form, an NFT is all it is. It's a picture that represents digital ownership of something. And we'll talk about what that something means. But really all that like people are like, well, why are you buying a picture of an ape or uh, this goofy looking mutant or whatever? It's like it's, you're paying all this money for a picture. No, that's just that's just the representation of the code behind that Thing, which on the blockchain, which we call a term called the smart contract. Okay. And we will can talk about that here in a second, but basically there's a lot of utility behind that image. It's just a visual representation, but the core, the core of the NFT is it's just proof of ownership. Let me give you an example. You have a house, you live in a physical house. I'm in my home right now. 
this is my home, right? But me being in my home does not prove ownership, right? I, I don't go, I can go to Christine's home and I can't walk and say, I like this house. This is my house now, right? What, what proves ownership? The deed. My signature is on the deed of the home, right? That, that is proof of ownership. That's what an NFT is. An NFT is the deed where the house is the actual asset and thing that actually is value, but the deed is what proves ownership. That's all the NFT is. It's just a proof of ownership on the blockchain. They're saying you actually own that. You're the owner of that. That's all that is. Okay. So the NFT, can you tie in what you mean by NFT as it relates to the blockchain? Right. Great question. Great question. So let's talk about, and just, I know you kind of mentioned before about it, just in case anybody out there, um, if NFT stands for non-fungible token, I want to, let me just break down these terms real quick because some people may not understand what that is. So we'll, we'll kind of separate this non-fungible and token. Okay. Fungible or non-fungible comes from the finance economics world. Token comes from the crypto space. So, okay. So fungible means it is something that is easily replaced or can be replaced. Think of a $5 bill. If you have a $5 bill in your wallet and you get another $5 bill, I can replace it easily. There is, it's the exact same thing for the exact same value. Non-fungible is the exact opposite, meaning this is something that it cannot be replicated. It cannot be replaced. It's one of a kind. Humans, we, us as humans are non-fungible. Like there, everybody has their own unique DNA, their fingerprints, et cetera, right? So that is, when we're talking about non-fungible, it means one of a kind, nothing is like that, okay? Token is just basically, um, all that's basically saying is that is the kind of the digital artifact that lives on the blockchain, okay? And so what a blockchain, let me define what blockchain is now. So a blockchain is just a public ledger. It is just, think of it about a, it's just a, a ledger. And if you don't know what ledger means, it's just a whole bunch of transactions that are happening that anybody can go see what's going on. It's just once something gets added or we call it minted, meaning once something hits that blockchain, a transaction hits it, it can't be altered. It can't be changed. Everybody can view it. So that reduces a whole bunch of things, fraud, people changing things, nothing can be changed with that. So I can't, like no one can take the deed to my house now and forge my signature or forge their signature and say, now I own the house. They can't do that on blockchain, right? So there's this, it's just a way to be able to be more protective of the private, not privacy, but the um, authenticity behind that. So all we're saying with the NFT now is you have this unique piece of a, a unique asset that now the proof of ownership, the signature lives on the blockchain, which it can't be altered. And that's how they're both connected. So when you have an NFT, the proof of ownership lives on the blockchain to show you, okay, now I can go look it up and say, okay, you do own that. You do have access to that. That's all that is. And this is a place where it can't be altered or changed or a database that's controlled by one company that they could go in there and change it. Like things that can happen in today's world right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was a great breakdown of, of just understanding how they relate to each other. And so can you give us an example of, you know, um, an NFT that I think most people are talking about right now, or just an example NFT so we can get a better grasp of what this looks like. Right. So, and actually let me, before I actually jump into like a specific example, let me just kind of give you some categories of NFTs. Cause there's, there's different categories of NFTs. It's not just one specific type. And I will tell you guys, this stuff changes. So by the time you hear this, there might be another one at, right. There might be something like that's how fast this works. But like in, in the NFT space, there could be an NFT for artwork or there could be an NFT and we can talk about um, and I'll give you some specific examples here. One of the most famous NFT of artwork 
meaning one of one of one, meaning it's unique, was this gentleman or this artist named Beeple. Okay. Back in March of 2021, this is one of the most famous stories out there. He created a digital piece of art that somebody bought for $69 million. Why? Because it's unique. It's one of the first ones. And there's 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 different, like that is like buying the Mona Lisa. That is like buying a piece of art. It's an art collector. Instead of me having owning the physical piece of art, I actually now have digital ownership of this thing that now people will want to buy. There's a market for it. It's just like private art collection. There's an there's a there's some people like that's an ugly piece of art. Well, some people are like, well, that's a piece of value. Like I value that piece of art, or I like the artist, or it's a Picasso or whatever it is. Yeah. There's just somebody somebody sees there's value in that and they're willing to pay for that. That's all that happened there. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's like the kind of art type of NFT. Now there's also the collectibles NFT. And this is where you start getting to this concept of utility. When if you ever hear somebody talk about the word utility, all that means is benefits or unique things that you get for honing, holding on to that NFT. Think of it like a membership, a unique membership. OK, yeah. so, for example, like there's this there's a, uh, one of the well-known ones in this space is the Board Ape Yacht Club. And it's goofy little apes. We can we can share my screen here in a second. We can pull them up. Yeah. But basically what's going to happen is when you have this unique experience, when you have this unique piece of art in a sense or digital arts, it becomes a collectible. It's just like a trading card or just like a a Pokemon card in the physical world. This is now it's a digital piece of art. But now instead of just owning the card, there's a whole bunch of benefits that come with holding that. Right. Mm. So, for example, that that board ape, which we I'll tell you, started out at about four hundred dollars. Now the cheapest one is well, crypto's been crashing lately, so we'll go after cheapest one's one hundred seventy five thousand dollars right now that you can buy into that. Right now, what happens though is if you hold that unique, because there's only ten thousand of them in the world that exist, you get exclusive access to more entities that that that, that company produces or a unique community. So I'll tell you right now, this was this is one of the famous ones where there's a whole bunch of celebrities that own them, right? There are Steph Curry, Paris Hilton, DJ Khaled, Jimmy Fallon, Tom Brady, Mark Cuban, right? Snoop Dogg, Gwyneth Paltrow, Gary Vee, Adidas even bought one. All these celebrities bought this one NFT. And what that does is now you're part of that group. People want to be part of that group. People want to go to a party that only those NFT holders can go to. Why? So you can rub shoulders with them. Like it's an exclusive. Think of like a, a country club. Deals aren't made anymore in golf courses. Deals are going to be made in NFT communities. Because these are unique communities where people are going to be able to have access to people they never have been able to have access before, right? Now, and we could talk more about all the other benefits of that one, but like that is just one type of and they oh, type of NFT. Now, just to run through a couple other ones, there's sports memorabilia NFTs, there's video game assets. So, like think of Fortnite. If you guys, all your parents, your parents out there, the people know Fortnite, the Roblox or whatever, people are buying all the digital skins and shoes and all the other stuff. Those are all NFTs, like mm. the people that you actually own those things that you can actually take with you. There's virtual land, me. I mean, we can go on and on. There's a lot. Now, I will tell you just because I know, Christine, you're in the um, you're kind of in this business fashion space. There's a lot yeah. of fashion companies coming to this space right now. Right. Can like, you explain that? Like how? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So I'll tell you right now, like two right now. Um, Dolce Cabana just launched their second collection. They launched one last year and they just launched one here again, I think about a month or so ago. And basically what that what, what with Dolce Cabana, what you were basically what they're basically getting is there's um, they kind of 
think of it like a um, a black box, a gold box, and a platinum box. Okay, so you, that's kind of like the picture of what you bought. You like a a, a, a specialized box and things. That was a visual representation. Is now, that the token? The, Is that the actual token part? So that no, it's like that was a picture. If you want to think of it that way, so it's okay. like you can buy a black one, a gold one, or a platinum box. Okay, with the black one, what you got? You got like that's kind of like the first level. Let's think of it that way. They got when if you own that, if you hold that NFT, you got exclusive digital and physical drops of DNG Dolce and Cabana apparel. So actual physical clothes you can wear in the real world, but also one thing that's blowing up in the fashion space is digital clothes so how what are the what are the assets that you can actually dress your avatar in the and i told you i wasn't going to say the word but the metaverse um that's like so all the different skins the shirts the dresses like they their first actually dolce gabbana's first nft last year was five dresses five dresses that you could wear in the met in the, in, in the virtual world one of one they, they made six million dollars selling those five dresses because now people want to have that, oh, hey, I'm one of five people in the whole world that now have that. Now that resale value is going to be because somebody else is going to want that at some point in time. So now going back to this, now these black, golden, platinum boxes, you get actual real world and, and virtual goods. You get actual memberships to a series of their different virtual events and you get different DNG swag. That's kind of the black one. The gold one just gets more exclusive swag, more exclusive apparel, more exclusive shoes. And then the platinum one, all the you get all the other above, but with that one, you actually get invited to an off-site, real-life, intimate Dolce and Cabana event where there's only a select few people in the world that are going to be able to attend. Can I ask so, a question right here? Can I? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to absorb all this, but I have a question. Um, so, you know, people buy either to stay, get out of pain, or to experience pleasure, right? Those are the two reasons people buy, right? Right. So, in this case, when you're buying a digital outfit for your avatar. What's the pleasure you're getting? Because we, it's not about sitting out of pain. It's more about pleasure. But what is the satisfaction? That's right. what's so, a little bit mind-boggling for me. Right. And I'll tell you right now, if you if you talk to basically anybody under the age of 18, they're going to be like, how don't you see this? Because I'm going to tell you right now, people, the, the younger generation, they are living in the Minecraft. They are living in the Fortnite. They are living in Roboblox. And they're, they understand the value of having the unique pair of Nikes, Nike's another brand that, that basically you can have, you're the only one that has digital shoes on your avatar. You're the only one that has that physical thing. Now that can unlock, here's the thing is some of these things, we don't know what they're going to do yet, but some of them are they can unlock special things in the game that you can't get unless you have that piece of apparel. Some of the things are you get, um, they're, some are more rare than others. So they may give you like a superpower or something like that. Some are just for social status, to be honest with you. They're just, it's just like somebody wearing some red bottom high heels. You wear the red bottom high heels because people know that I can afford the red bottom high heels. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it's just bringing that into the metaverse where we're, we're going to be living at a lot of, not living, there's going to be a lot of us experiencing that here in the future. And it's just like, we're going to have, just like we have, a, what do we wear in the morning? What do we get dressed at? And things like that. We're going to want to dress our avatar. There's jobs being created by fashion designers specifically for designing Close for the metaverse, right? Because they understand how important it is to be able to have that representation. So it's a social status. It can unlock unique things. But the the other thing too is you got to remember, unlike clothes right now that I wear in the physical world, if I resell them, I usually resell them for cheaper. The things you can buy, you can actually resell how unique they are, how rare they are. You can actually appreciate. So you can actually 
make more tokens or whatever the game is. And you can you're holding an asset that can be resold at that point in time. And so there's there's this different strategies of being able to do that. So it's just it's it's like I said, it's a society. It's a society thing of, of um, being able to have like rank or societal rank. It's also being able to unlock unique things and unique experiences. And like Dolce Cabana, it's just bringing in those real world events that only the select few people that own that have that membership. It's just like the Amex black card. If you have an Amex black card or American Express black card, you get benefits that the average person's not going to have. Same thing with NFTs, but even more rare because not everybody can even apply. Yeah. So there's an exclusivity factor, 100%. right? Now, if, if if there was an NFT that celebrities were really buying into, does that bring up the value? Hundred percent. That's why Board Apes uh, Yacht Club started blowing up. Jimmy Fallon, him and Paris Hilton started talking about it on Jimmy Fallon's show, brought it to the mainstream. Now it's just like a celebrity endorsement. But now instead of I grew up Michael Jordan fan, right? Yeah. You think I like Gatorade because I saw Michael Jordan drinking Gatorade all day every day, right? Of course yeah. I was drinking Gatorade. I want to be like Mike growing up, right? Yeah. But now instead of just seeing and being like, I want to be like that, now I can actually be part of the club that they're a part of that we can actually potentially interact with in real life. Or I can just say, hey, I'm part of the same club as Steph Curry or Tom Brady or whatever. I'm, it's like a, having a membership to their country club in a sense, right? So it's having that, that proximity to those people that are famous that we peasant, if you want to think of us, nor, us normal people, us <laughs> non-celebrity people want to have access to these people. And that's what a lot of the NFTs, we, when we talk about utility, that's the huge value. We'll talk about here and like how it applies to entrepreneurs and business, but yeah. having that access, that unique access that no one else can get, that's huge. That's why Gary V's NFT has been so successful, especially his version one, because there's it just unlocks access that no one else can get. And we can talk about that if that if that, if that we can, yeah. that can kind of transition us to the entrepreneurial space. Yeah, let's do that. Let's transition to how this impacts and how can it, it can be helpful to the entrepreneur. And I love Gary Vee's example because it you know it's relatable. Right, right. So Gary V launched this thing called V Friends. His NFT was called V Friends, and it's the first ones you're gonna look at it. You're like, these look like they were drawn by a five year old. They were actually drawn by Gary V. Just animals and things all along this type. Like they were just hand drawn pictures of all this stuff. Now. Once again, if you remember when we said in the beginning, it's not about the picture. It doesn't matter what the picture represents. Like now there's tra- there's unique traits that all that stuff has that can, we won't go into that, that can increase the value and things like that. But more so not, don't worry about the picture. What's behind the picture? What's the value behind the picture? So with Gary Vee's first one, I'll give you an example. He started a conference called VCon, which is all about NFTs and metaverse and Web3. The only people that can go to that conference, people that had the NFT. Right. And so when you bought the if you bought the V Friends Series One, you got access for three years to this next conference, 2022, 2023, 2024. His conference actually happened here. The first one's happening here in about a month in Minneapolis. Um, so that's one thing that you're like. And now what's great about that is all those people that held that V1, they got a ticket. We call it airdrop. I mean, it's kind of like put into their wallet says, hey, you got a ticket to the conference. They can go resell that ticket if they want to. They don't want to use it on the secondary market and actually make money off that. So they own that ticket. So they can do whatever the heck they want to do with that, right? So that's one of the utilities. Another utility with Gary V's was depending on the like which one you got, some of them had special things. So for example, there was one, it was called the Mongoose. What uh let's see, what was it called? I have it pulled up here. Um it is uh, I can't I can't find it right now. Um 
it, it was like a, it was a mongoose type of animal. Okay. And so basically, long story short is if you held that entity for the next three years, that gave you one two hour meeting in New York with Gary V at his headquarters. You can't buy that. Like you, there is, there is, you could not sign up for that on any webpage. You can't do anything to have a two hour meeting with Gary V. Right. And so like only a select few people that hold that one. I think that one was $130,000. I think if I remember correctly, how much that NFT was, that specific one that unlocked the stuff. Now this is just the beginning because Gary, he's been out and he said, he's like, these are all characters. They, he's turned into a card game. He's trying to be the Walt Disney and create these characters, which are going to be TV shows and things like that. And you actually own the NFT of those original characters. Think of it like that. So that's where he's blending media with entrepreneurship and real world events or in IRL in real life events that you get all that utility is wrapped around his NFT. So yeah. that's where if you think about it from an entrepreneur, like us as personal branding people or us that hold masterminds or us that have memberships, you can say, hey, I'm going to create an NFT for five people and we can decide whatever the heck utility. That's a beautiful thing about it. We decide what that utility is. Our friend Molly, we'll give you an example of Molly's thinking about. She said it publicly, so I, can, I think I could say this, but she's like, they have a, um, a, I don't say a bungalow, but it's like an apartment kind of thing that they've built it on their property that says, hey, if you hold up one of our NFTs, you may be able to come out once a year, come stay there. Plus, we're going to do the recording. Plus, we're going to do all these other things that she teaches. You're going to have one-on-one -on -one access to her there. Plus, you're going to have access to different events or all the content she creates or her programs you may have access to. Now, I'm not telling you that's what I'm always doing. I'm just saying what potentially it could be happening yeah. with the NFT. And only a select few people could do that. And you can, you can say that you only get access to that for three years or whatever it is. You control what that utility is, but that's where we can create unique experiences for our members that no one else can have. But the big value of that is our, we actually, it's just like giving equity in our company. If we were like, if we gave stock to our, our community, now we're giving them an asset that they can actually, the more successful we are as business owners and entrepreneurs, or the more utility we put in that NFT the more valuable that NFT is. So they're actually earning assets as they're saying, they're staying loyal to us. They're saying, hey, I'm a big fan of Christine. I'm going to hold on to her NFT because I want to be the first one. You, you make amazing earrings. So you can be like, hey, anybody that holds my NFT gets first dibs on all my earrings that come out. Or they might get one free pair every month. Whatever you want to decide that there's value in that NFT that they're creating and because you're creating unique experiences for your customers or your, your community that add value that they could turn around, resell it. They could rent it out if they wanted to, or they could hold on to it and let it appreciate the value and sell so, it. Time. So I have a question right here. So Bev uh, Saunders is on. And she says, this is mind blowing and it truly is mind blowing. And um, I'm just, uh, I have a question. So what, yes. how is the idea of the NFT investing in the NFT different than just creating what we used to call a membership? Like, right, right, you know, right. Like, Break that down for the audience because that is still kind of, you know, fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you right now, as of right now, there's really, there's some difference, but there's not a huge difference. I will tell you yeah. that. But the big value, there's, there's a couple of things I will tell you from a business owner standpoint that can be valuable is so right now, if you have a membership, somebody joins, you need to add them to the group. 
add them to the course, add them to this. You can have some software that can help automate that, but you need to verify that that was the person that bought is the person that gets access. And then whenever they leave, I need to be able to say, these people aren't aren't, aren't in the group anymore or in the membership. So I need to figure out how do I identify who those people are and remove those. All that can happen automatically if you're using an NFT. Because what happens is instead of me logging in with my username and password, I'm logging in with my wallet where my NFT is stored at that says, hey, does that NFT in your wallet? Yes or no? No, you're not getting in. Yes? Okay, you can get in. That's like, so you don't have to worry about any of that behind the scenes. It just happens automatically. So that's one valuable thing from an operational standpoint. Now, the other thing too, thing about this is with a membership, once again, this is where this is where the web three part comes into play. That that right now, if somebody joins your mastermind, your membership, like there's no they don't earn any value for participating in that membership besides the content or the proximity. They get value for what they paid for, but they're not getting any economic value in that. So you're really not rewarding your customers for believing in you or trusting you or being in being in your world. But if you give them an NFT, something that holds value, that basically says there's only a certain amount of these. And, and if you you hold on to, you could access as long as you want. But if not, you can turn around and sell it to the person down the road. Now they can actually say, all right, I'm going to use it for six months, get my value. Then I'm going to go sell to somebody else. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less, but I've actually added more. I've added more value to that membership. So I'm going to actually get more value. I can get value for leaving that membership or being a part of that membership or giving somebody access to that membership. Versus now, like if I leave your membership, like, I'm not going to be like, all right, I got I got dibs on my next spot. Hey, you want a spot on Christine's? I can turn around and be the middleman and sell it back to that, right? So it's an asset. It's an asset. Now, here's the beautiful thing about this. Here's what's great from a creator standpoint. So you sell that NFT once. Let's say, let's just make up a number. Let's say you sell the NFT for one ETH because we talk in ETH. We don't talk in dollars or, you know, Ethereum tokens, okay? So let's say it's worth... As of today, after the bloodbath crypto has been going through the last couple of days, it's about $2,000, let's say. Make that up. So that's $2,000. That's how much that somebody paid for you, that membership. So you get that ETH or that $2,000. That goes into Christine's business bank account. Now, in that smart contract of the NFT, when you created that NFT, you can say, hey, every time that NFT is sold on the secondary market, I get 7% royalty or 10% royalty, or 5%, whatever you decide, that happens automatically. So if I if I paid you one ETH for your membership and I turned around and sold it to Susie down the block, not only did you get that one ETH, but whatever I sold to Susie, 7% automatically, or whatever that number is, gets automatically added back into Christine's vaults, in a sense. Now, why is that powerful? Let me give you an example. Gary Vee, like I told you before, he did like, or I'll give you some numbers. He did like 70-ish million on the initial sale, but then he was making like eight or nine million dollars a week on the secondary sale from this from the royalties that were going on. Because every time somebody sold it, he was getting more and more money. Now that's a good thing. Now, the huge value, this is why Web3 is so powerful from a creator standpoint. Think about an artist, musical or like hand drawing or painting. Once they sell their painting now in today's world. They get that first transaction. There's if they sell it for hundred dollars at an auction, cool, great, or at a garage sale, let's say. And then two years later, somebody decides to spend fifty thousand dollars on that in an auction. They don't get that. The person who actually created does not get any value from that. Yeah. Now, if they sell it as an NFT, they can say you bought this NFT. You also get the physical art, but you're buying the NFT. So now, mm-hmm. when somebody sells that again, 
that artist automatically, there's no middleman. The start contract automatically executes it and it's put back into the creator's hand. Once again, what the value of Web3, the creators, the people doing the creating things continue to get compensated for the things they are. They're, they're taking out the middleman. And that's why there's huge value from an NFT standpoint of being able to reap the benefits of royalties. That's why think of like somebody that's doing, that creates music. Yeah, they make point zero 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 one cent for every stream on Spotify right now, but like there's music people out there, the the Taylor Swifts of the world, things like that. They're saying, "Hey, cool, I don't need you. I'm gonna go create. I have raving fans that would buy an NFT for me that will get exclusive music, or they'll get my music before it goes stream or whatever. Now they get uh, the artist almost gets a hundred percent of those re- that revenue is going back to the person who actually created the art, which is, in my opinion, how it should be." Right. The, the, yeah. the, the recording artist or the recording company doesn't get it. All the stuff that all that stuff where everybody has their hands, they're taking things out of the artist who's actually created it. That's that's going to be removed because the middleman gets removed when we have smart contracts executing this stuff automatically. So that's where as a creator, even an entrepreneur creator of informational products or or fashion or whatever, you continue to get paid for the value that you've created even after that initial sale which is really, really interesting and a really important part of having it, you know, creating an NFT is that as the creator, once you've sold it, that's not the end for you. You can still continue to profit from it if it gets resold. Is that right? 100%. And you set that up. You have complete control of how you set up that initial NFT. So you can say, hey, I want 10%. Yeah. Usually we see seven, five to 7% is kind of what we're seeing stuff right now. Some are 10, Um, but it is like, that's your creation. You should continue. Every time that gets sold, you should continue to get compensated for that because you're the creator and it's proven you are the creator because it's on the blockchain. So it's an investment. It's it's an investment for the creator and for the person investing in it. Right. Yes. But you will never hear anybody say that because you will get in trouble with the FTC and the SEC if you can, if you start talking about it as an investment. So it it is, you get paid royalties, you Mm. can say, but like, you'll never hear anybody say, this is an this is an investment, and I will preface everything I've said is not financial advice. Yep. This is do your own research. This is just Jordash Johnson's personal opinion on this. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not here to give that you know financial advice. We're just here to shed some light onto what these new terms and ideas are. And thank you for clarifying that it's not an investment. Right. Um, <clears throat> that's not the proper word to use. So this is so fascinating. I mean, honestly, I you really laid a foundation for us. And I feel as though <clears throat> every time I listen to you speak on this or listen to somebody else speak on this, I get more and more of an understanding of it. And that's really where we need to be at this point. This is cutting edge, you know. Um, You're a first adopter. It sounds like, you know, you like to be a first adopter when it comes to this digital stuff. So I'm so glad that I had somebody like you tell us and educate us about this. Is there anything else before we start our wrap up that you need to know about this world of NFTs that you really didn't have a chance to tell us about? Yeah, no, I would say, um, I mean, we could, I would say no. For right now, but what I will, what I would encourage you, I'm just going to encourage you guys again today, um, or you if you're listening to this right now, is just start paying attention to the conversation. And I'll tell you where, where these conversations are happening is Twitter. Twitter is making a comeback. Do y'all believe it or not? Like, and that is where a lot of the discussions on NFT. Now, be careful what's what you're doing. Don't be going clicking on links and all this other stuff out there because it can be. It's still the wild, wild west. Yeah. But Twitter is a great space just to be able to start hearing 
different conversations, people talking about different, we call them projects, but NFT projects and things like that. That's one good space. The other thing I will tell you too, though, is um, one of the marketplaces where things are bought and sold, where, where things after the initial release, kind of like the initial IPO of a company, it's like, hey, now it's on the stock exchange. But in the NFT world, we call the marketplace. Um, there's there's one that's called OpenSea, like the Water Sea, S-E-A, um, .io. That's a place where you can buy and sell NFTs. I would just encourage you to start clicking around, just start seeing what's out there, start seeing what's the, I mean, just start playing around just so you can get exposed to that. And they all, all the different projects have like the official ones have the little blue check mark next to their name. They'll have their website. They'll have, just start exposing yourself to this stuff because once again, guys, we don't know the direction of this, how this technology is going to be. Just like no one knew, I would, I, I would even argue people had good intentions with social media when it was created, but it took a turn somewhere along the lines of where it became profit over good in a sense, right? So we don't know where this technology is going to go. We don't know the direction, but I will tell you, you just need this proximity and being continued to be exposed to the words, to the things going on, all that good stuff, because eventually it's going to become second nature. It's just a matter of right now, it's just all new to us. We don't know all this stuff, but the more you, you and, and I'm telling you this, like I dove, I've been in crypto for about since 2017. I've been buying crypto since 2017. I just started diving into the NFT space really towards the end of last year. Like there it's, it's, I mean, you think about it six months ago, right? And so it's just like, but in the six months, it feels like six years for how much has happened in this space. Yeah. But the thing is, you just got to continue to, Put yourself in these environments. Listen to the conversations. There's on Twitter, they call them Twitter spaces. It's kind of like Clubhouse. There's always a Twitter space going on around NFTs or a project. Listen in. Just hear what people. There's good podcasts. I can drop some good podcast opportunities. Like whatever it is, just start listening to that, and you'll start. Things will start getting a little bit more clear. You'll start seeing. Oh, I see how this can apply to me personally. Oh, I see how I could potentially do this in my business. Oh, I see why people are actually buying these things, not just buying a picture that people can right click and download just like anybody else, you know? So it's just exposing yourself to this is going to be something that you're just going to, it's a, it's a, it's a slow race. Like yeah. you don't need to be an expert tomorrow. Yeah. It's a slow exposure. Yeah. That's and it. do you own NFTs yourself? <laughs> so yes, I do. Um, I've been on a, um, we were talking about this before. I've been on a little buying spree the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> Yes, I've been. I've I bought a couple. We call them lazy lions. Um, I have a couple of lazy lions. I bought some real estate in uh, NFT worlds, which is a metaverse. I've bought some domain names um, that are NFTs. I even played this game. So I go on walks every morning with my son. Okay, and I've been doing this basically. He's fourteen months. So basically, since he's like six months old, we would just go on walks in the morning, just kind of put my headphones in, get my podcast. I actually, there's a game and there's, this is part of the NFT space or the uh, web three spaces gaming. There's this game called Steppin, which means play or it's move to earn. So I bought nine NFT sneakers that I own and I actually have a picture of them, but I have nine NFT sneakers that I own in this game that every day I go walk, I can walk for 45 minutes and I earn tokens every time I walk. So now something I was doing before, I earn tokens that can actually be translated to real dollars. Like before the crash, it was like in a week, I brought in like $2,500 doing my walks. Just Wow. Can you show us the pictures of the sneakers? Can can you share your screen and show uh, yeah. us? Is I it easy to find? 
Hold on one sec. Let me, um, I got to share my, yeah, give me one second. Okay. Curious about that. Yeah. And so this is like, this is a cool thing about the, uh, and actually, you know what? I'm going to share another screen here real quick. Um, sorry, Rick. I just changed things up on you. Here Rick, what do you think about this NFT world? Chime in here. You know, I didn't, um, now that, now that, Jordash has kind of explained it. It's like, you know, I've been living through this already with Dylan, right? Yeah. Cause Your son. yeah, yeah. My son who's, who's 14 now. And it's like, you know what? He's been gaming for, for a while. Right. And he's really into uh, gaming with his friends. And then it's like after a certain event where he would get money, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks. It's like, can I use like a hundred bucks to buy this, this thing on this game? I go, what is it? Is it a new game? He goes, no, it's just a skin, right? right? It's like, oh my God, you know, but there's, does it help enhance the way you, your gameplay he goes? No, it just, you know, just, it's a, it's a cool look. Right. And then right. I, I didn't grasp it at first. And I thought, you know what, you should be designing stuff like this and you could probably make uh, a boat ton of money as a designer doing this stuff online at, and it didn't it didn't hit me until you said define what an NFT was. It's like this is it. He's he's living through it and he doesn't even know he's doing it, right? Wow. Right. Now wow. I will tell you too, there's some of these games, and you have to be careful, like not be careful, but like this is there's there's skins out there, but like if I leave that game, I actually I lose them. So that's hmm. really not like so there's 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 ones that I actually can take with me. If I leave that game, I can still hold on to them and I can still sell them, right? So there's and that's where it's going back to the web three of the ownership, like I, I, the game doesn't own those anymore. I bought them. They are in my wall. I can take them and do whatever heck I want to do with them. I can sell them to anybody that I want to now versus just living on there. But yeah, a hundred percent. That's, yeah. that's where, like I said, anybody on the age of 18, they're like, what do you mean? You don't know. Like, this is, this is second nature. This is what they live in. I have little cousins that are, he's big into Fortnite, and it's crazy how much money is being spent on Fortnite. But oh, it's, um, it's crazy. All right. All right you want yeah, me to share it. the screen here? Yeah, go ahead and share that. Okay. So this is my sneaker, one of my sneakers right here. And you can see here, um, this is the unique ID. So this is like the uniqueness. Now they have different attributes and things like that. Now that is one, that, that, that is the picture. That's the NFT. Now what happens though is, let me sh stop sharing. Let me share my another screen. Sorry, we have to do this just this way real quick. Is now every morning when I go on my walk, I use one of those sneakers. If you want to share that screen. And this is the game that I'm playing. And you can see here today, this is today. I walked for 45 minutes. I earned 45.60, this, this, they call the GST token, which is kind of think of like an in-game currency. But then I earn all that. And then I can turn around and swap that for fiat dollars if I want to. Or I can hold on to it and let it go up and I can until I sell it at a certain price. So think of it it's like I'm owning an asset that now I can, whenever I want to turn it to fiat, I can. But every day I can use this and I go on my walks and I'm just, whatever, I, something I was already doing, now I'm actually earning some assets by doing the same thing. Crazy. 
unbelievable. So cool. So cool. And right. we're as this all evolves, I hope that you would come back on our show and just give us an update and, and, and let people know, like, you know, cause now we're just in the early adopters, right? We're just, this, we're just playing right. around. Right? right. But I can't wait to see how all this unfolds. And so as we wrap up and, and Bev is chiming in here and she's saying that my seven-year-old grandson wanted clothes for his avatar for his birthday. So I get it. She gets it. I'm so telling you, like anybody under 18, right? Anybody under 18, they're gonna be like, yo, this is no, nah, I want this. And that's going back to what you asked me earlier, Christine. It's like, why? Like, because it doesn't make sense to us because we didn't grow up with avatars and people are like, it's just like when we were in middle school, it's like, I want to be the cool, I want to have the Jordans, I want yeah. to have you know the Nikes or the Air Force Ones, because that was like that there was a societal thing that I'm like, that's what cool kids had, that's what the cool people. Now yeah. instead of that happening, it's in the online space and the kids want to have the trending thing. They want to have this. And that's where the, there's value in that. Like legitimately Nike just launched. I know we didn't talk about this, but Nike just launched a, uh, a collection of 9,000 digital sneakers purely for the metaverse. Wow. They're selling for the lowest one right now is $5,000. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's crazy. It's a digital sneaker. Yeah. So the main takeaway here. Jordash, what would be the one takeaway from this conversation of the ABCs of NFTs? What is the one thing that people should take away, if nothing else? Number one, it's not about the picture, because that's a big misconception in the space. Yeah. Like you're going to see some ugly pictures out there. You're like, why the heck? How, I don't, I don't see this with the value. Like that, just take that away. Like just understand that there's value behind that picture. Um, yeah. But the big thing, the other big thing I would say is going along those same lines is understand that there is utility, aka benefits. Yeah. that are exclusive that no one else can get access to unless you own that. So that's where the value becomes in their scarcity and there's exclusivity as well as there's things that it will add more value. Like, I, and just to go off another, like I buy NFTs that actually produce things. Like I said, this, the sneakers, I get tokens that, that it's like a dividend in a stock, yeah. right? I have real estate that generates tokens every single day. I'm about to have some bulls that generate tokens every single day. And then I can turn around and use those to buy other things or turn them into fiat. So it's, I'm just there. It's an asset that's just creating more assets for me. Right. And so just understand that most of these NFT projects have value behind the picture. So that's why I tell you to take away. Are there any tools that people can look into to help them better understand this whole world? Yeah, I would say um, I, I can't give you like open C is I'm telling you right now, just start digging around on open. It's O P E N S E A dot I O. Um, and that is, that is the space where that's the biggest marketplace. So you just start digging around and playing around there. And like I said earlier, just get on Twitter. Um, that's, that's where you're just going to hear more conversations like this. You're going to be able to chime in, ask questions if you want to, or you just listening to do that. Now, if you're familiar with the tool called Slack, um, there's in the NFT crypto space or really the NFT space, we use this tool called Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D, very similar to Slack. But that's where you can, that's where these projects have their own kind of Slack channels that you can go even deeper and learn more about that and have the community. You don't need to go that deep unless you want to be like me and start nerding out or if you yeah. actually buy one. But Twitter and OpenSea, I would say are the, like the most prevalent spaces right now where you can get proximity and just, like I said, just start putting yourself in environments that you're like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm just going to listen. And yeah. that'd be my biggest piece of advice right now. That's what I did. And then eventually I discarded 
going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and building connections, going to specific events and things like that. And then pretty soon I'm like, okay, like this all actually, this all makes sense now. And then action item for people to, to like, I mean, is the action item just getting on Twitter and kind of getting into those conversations or is something else? Yeah. I'll, that's as at this stage right now, I would do that. Now I will tell you if there's number one, just get it, just get on Twitter. And if you, and we can, Christine, I can give you some good accounts to follow after the show. You can share with your audience and put in the comments if you want to. Um, but like, that's one thing. The other thing I would tell you is if you even think about, you're like, I think, I see something or I see some potential that maybe this is something I would like to do somewhere in the future for my business. I always tell people before you create an NFT, you need to be a collector of an NFT. And before you're a collector of an NFT, you need to start putting yourself in rooms or start understanding the value and understanding the utility, understanding the people and the people you can trust and things like that. So that's why I would say start with Twitter. But this is where, this is why I've been buying NFTs because I need to be a collector. How are people running the projects? How are they launching their products? What's the marketing behind it? What's the community behind it? What's the roadmap behind it? Like all these different things that go into it. So eventually either I can start supporting other entrepreneurs that want to do that, or I want to launch my own entity in the future. But that's like the progression that I would give you is put yourself in the environment, start collecting, and then eventually you can create your own. Yep. Perfect. <clears throat> Thank you so much. This was such a wealth of information, but I love that it broke everything down for the complete beginner, for somebody who really just wanted sort of a, just a taste of what this is like. Thank you for being here, Jordash. It was a pleasure interviewing you. Thank you so much for your time. And there you have it, Waste Up Wardrobe Nation, the the Waste Up Wardrobe weekly wrap-up. And join us next Thursday at 11.30, same place, same time, where we bring you another fresh episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. Mm -hmm.